Welcome to the Faith Dialogue Podcast with your host, Pastor Ken Baer. Are you ready to swim in the deep end of the Bible pool or climb to the top of Faith Mountain? If so, open the eyes that see, those ears that hear, and a heart that is receptive. Get your cup of coffee and your Bible as we begin. So, so today, today we're going to be continuing in our sermon series called Deliverance. And we call it Deliverance in 1 Thessalonians as well as 2. Because we say one of the common themes that Paul talks about is God's deliverance. God's deliverance is in times of trial and especially during the tribulation. And uh, today, you know, over the last few weeks, we've had some heavy topics. We really have, haven't we? We've talked about the day of the Lord. We talked about a falling away. We've talked about a great deception. We talked about the Antichrist coming. So I was thinking, oh my goodness, wouldn't it be nice to be able to lighten it a little bit? And, just, and, and sure enough, I look at the next four verses, and my sermon title today is Loved by God. Loved by God. God wants to give us that encouragement. So we're going to be reading from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning in verse 13. Paul says this, But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth, to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast. Hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. What an encouragement, isn't it? What an encouragement for us. It really is. So I want to continue with this theme of good things to talk about, okay? So I want to give you a little story, give you a little background. Over the last year, uh, my wife has been very busy training our puppy, Piper. And I think I've showed you pictures of Pipe, Piper in the past. And yesterday, Piper took her first visit over to the airport. Actually walked around with her new service collar on and stuff like that. And she's doing really well. She still needs a little bit of work. She's only a year old, but she's doing very, very well, especially in crowds and things like that. So we're very happy about that. Now, this is different for us because in the past, my wife and I have had many, many dogs and we've had four dogs at one time, but typically we go to the pound and we get rescue dogs, and we've always liked doing that. In fact, one time we went to a rescue, and we said, we have room for another dog. What dog really needs a home? So they took us over to this dog that had actually been hit by a car, had healed, but had a limp and had some problems and some medical issues and just really needed a second chance. So we took the dog and we named it Mulligan, okay? <laughs> For those that play golf, Mulligan is the second chance, a second chance. So it's, like I said, it's been an unusual year because typically we have these, these older dogs and we've had to train this dog and it reminds us of all the things uh, to thank God for. So I came up with 10 reasons to thank God for dogs. Now, if you're a cat person, this kind of applies as well, maybe not, but 10 reasons, I'll go through them relatively quickly, 10 reasons to thank God for your dog. In no particular order, number one is God, uh, dogs live in the moment. Another way of saying that is squirrel. Dogs just love uh, uh, being out there. Dogs have to, they don't have to worry about where their next meal is coming from or where they are worrying about the past. They live in the moment. And they take advantage of every opportunity to find joy in the very simplest things of life. Number two, 
Dogs walk with intentionality and run when necessary. Dogs like to get out of the house often. It's not just to relieve themselves, but it's really about the walk. It's possible to walk and run with purpose if you're a dog, even if you end up in the same place that you started. Number three, dogs love unconditionally. They don't require perfection. Your dog knows what Jesus meant when he said that we're to forgive seven, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Anyone that's tried to truly train a dog knows that we learn from our mistakes and the dogs are patient to wait until we learn how to exactly train them. Number four, dogs are loyal. Now, one of the things we found is that dogs will often pick, especially between a husband and wife, they'll pick one of their favorites. And quite often, our dogs often pick Carol. Now, that leaves me some extra free time, and that's okay with me. But here's the thing. Dogs love us anyway. The dogs have been loyal to us. They'll stick with you through thick and thin. They've seen us at our worst, and they still think the best. Number five, dogs greet everyone with enthusiasm. Dogs typically love people and know that at any time, any new person may need a lick on the face. <laughs> dogs treat people like they like to be treated and don't even need a formal introduction to meet a new best friend. Number six, dogs are quick to forgive. It doesn't matter whether you step on their tail, drop them off at the kennel, take them to the vet. The very next moment you're with them, all is forgiven. Number seven, your money or the lack of it doesn't matter to your dog. Dogs don't know rich, poor, upper class, or no class. They're just as happy to be riding in the back of a 20-year-old Chevy as they are in the front seat of a Lamborghini. In fact, the Lamborghini doesn't have a back seat, so even better for the, for the Chevy. Number eight, dogs are okay with who they are. Our dogs never cared if they were short or tall, skinny or fat. They're okay with themselves. They have no ambition to be any different than the way God made them. Number nine, dogs know that today is a new day. Whatever happened yesterday is largely forgotten. Today is a brand new day. In fact, our, our, our bulletins typically say today is the day that the Lord has made. That would be fitting for every dog. Number 10 and the last one, dogs know they need plenty of water. Dogs don't know how to spill hydration, but they know they need water. They may spill as much as they drink sometimes, but they don't care. Just make sure you take them out so there's room for more. <laughs> so those are the 10 reasons that Carol and I came up to, with to thank God for our dogs. Now, as we get back to the scripture be today, before we get back to them, I, the one question I have is, what has the dog learned from us? What has the dog learned from us? And I think the one thing the dogs have learned from us is that we love them. There's nothing they could do to separate us from that love. And that ties directly in with our scripture today. Paul starts off this, this, these, uh, this section of scripture by saying this in verse 13. He says, but we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord. Now, the Apostle Paul is going to be teaching the Thessalonians a number of things related to their growing relationship with the Lord. He'll speak to them about salvation and sanctification. He'll be instructing them how to stand fast and to hold on to the traditions that they're teaching them. But before he gets to these things, he wants to comfort their hearts. He wants to remind them how much they're loved by God. Our, our translation says beloved by God, but some translation says greatly loved by God. 
greatly loved by God. He mentioned it, mentions it here and then a few verses later where he says, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father who has loved us and given us everything, everlasting consolation and good hope by grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work and word. Paul tells them this because there is great comfort, great comfort in knowing that God loves you, that he lives. Some people get their comfort from being loved by other things. Some people like to get comfort from by eating or by going shopping or sometimes just being alone. Often people get comfort from other people, friends, neighbors, even family. However, unlike dogs, people can often be fickle. People will disappoint you. They can be judgmental. They harbor grudges. They often don't forgive as they should, and sometimes they want something from you, a reciprocal friendship, something from you if they're going to be your friend. It's really just a fleeting affection often. However, God is not like that. God loves you just the way you are. The Bible says that God knew us from our mother's womb. Actually, he had us in mind when he created the heavens and the earth. The Bible tells us that the most secure thing in the world the one thing that you could always count on is the love of God. The Apostle Paul tells us in his epistle to the Romans, and, and uh, Tyler wrote it, uh, read some of it this morning in our call to worship. Romans chapter 8 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, or persecutions, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? As it is written, we are in our sake, we are, called, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep to the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present or things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, you'll likely remember that over the last few, few weeks, as I said, we've, we've been talking about the end times. We touched on the day of the Lord. We touched on the lawless one. Uh, we talked about a time of uh, great deception when many people will believe a lie um, and actually be judged guilty along with the Antichrist. Now, Paul is assuring these Thessalonians and, and by extension us as well that there's a very sharp contrast between these people that have chosen to remain outside of the covenant of grace, outside of the, the love of God, and those that are called by God, God's people, God's people who are loved by God. Paul continues in verse 14, he says, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. You were chosen by God. You may have thought that you found God. You thought, you clever person. Isn't that wonderful that you found God? But God was always looking for you. God was always calling you. Paul says in verse 14, to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul is praising the sovereign will of God in bringing the Thessalonians, as well as us, to salvation. God sent Paul there, and God brought these Thessalonians to faith through the gospel that Paul preached. Before they chose God, he chose them. And he chose them, the Bible says, for salvation through sanctification. And here's the application for us today. Before we chose God, he chose us. And he continues to choose us for sanctification through 
for salvation through sanctification. Now, salvation and sanctification, they're really two sides of the same coin. They, they always go together, salvation and sanctification. The way I like to think of it is this, is that sanctification is a, is a process that's continually making us holy. That's what sanctification or holiness means. It means to be separated from the world and separated unto God. These are chosen vessels that are used for God's purposes. Again, the two go hand in hand. They're two sides of the same coin. Now, we can't see if a person is chosen, but we can see if they're being sanctified. See, that's the difference. We can see if they've been sanctified because they continually take on more and more of the characteristics of Jesus Christ. And they're less enamored with the world and they're more passionate about the Lord. Paul tells the Thessalonians and us, those that are chosen and being sanctified, he says, therefore, brothers, stand fast and hold to the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or by epistle. So if we're loved by God, why stand fast? Well, because Paul just went through a number of things that were going to happen. He talked about growing persecutions. He talked about a coming judgment day. He talked about uh, falling away and a great deception. He talked also about the glorious destiny of the believers to, to be with Christ. Now, Paul mentions this word traditions, and a lot of theologians, a lot of pastors struggle with this word. And the reason is, is because many times in the Bible, traditions are spoken of as the traditions and teachings of man, which are often contrary to the will of God. But I believe what Paul is referring to here is what he taught the Thessalonians. Paul and the other apostles taught good things, taught them how to live a life that was pleasing to God. Now, all of these actually are preserved for us. They're perverse, they preserve for us in what we call the canon, the New Testament. We are fortunate that we, it's been recorded for us, so everything we need to know about glorifying God is found in your Bible. That canon, by the way, means yardstick. It's kind of a rule. This is, this is the rule. This is what you can take versus what other people say. By the way, this is October 31st. There's a holiday on October 31st. What is it? Halloween, but it's also, All Saints is tomorrow, but this is Reformation Sunday. For those that grew up in a Reformed church that, that celebrates the Reformation, Reformation Sunday celebrates that on May 17, 1517, Martin Luther nailed 95 theses to the wall at Wittenberg Door in Wittenberg, Germany. I've been there. I've seen the place where he, he did that. Now, he did it on, on October 31st because the very next day was All Saints Day, which was a very, very popular holiday. Uh, at the time, there were people that celebrated all kinds of saints, and All Saints Day was kind of a collection of saints. It was just to glorify all of those that had gone on before, so they knew the church was going to be full. So Martin Luther nailed the 95 Theses on October 31st. Now, this was a reformation. This was a revival. I've written about it. It wasn't a revolt. Martin Luther didn't want to do away with the church. He wanted to revive the church and bring the church back to the traditions that the Apostle Paul had talked about. So it fits in. Let's close our teaching for today. Paul closes this section of Scripture, these four verses, uh, with a blessing. It's kind of a benediction. Remember, we do benedictions at the end of each service, and this is a benediction we could use. Paul says, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace, comfort your hearts 
and establish you in every good work, word and work. We are loved by God. That's unchangeable. That's something that never will change. There's nothing we can do to separate us from the true love of God. Let your hearts be comforted in the fact that Jesus Christ and the God of our Father and, and the, our God and Father greatly loves us. He has given us an everlasting inheritance and this amazing hope of eternal life by His grace. Let us therefore, while it is day, continue with every good word and work. Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. To You've been listening to Faith Dialogue with Pastor Ken Baer, recorded live at Celebrate Seniors, a ministry of Faith Dialogue. You can listen to or watch all of the recordings at Faith Dialogue by going to www.faithdialogue.org.